Welcome to the Plus Up Podcast. I am Perry Ann Grignon, and along with my partners, Carly Feinstein and Susan George at Media Plus Advisors, we discuss topics that matter the most to the media and marketing ecosystem. This is our fifth podcast. And if five is your lucky number, we have a treat for you. Carly, I'm going to turn it over to you to introduce what's in store today. Sounds good, Perry Ann. Thank you. And I am very excited to introduce a guest that we're having on today's podcast. So please welcome Bhavna Smith. She's a marketing and agency leader, um, and her she has had a very exciting journey that I'm going to let her tell you about. And um, we're going to be talking about talent and the fact that there is a deficit of talent in the agency world. So, Bhavna, please share share your story with everyone. Hey, everyone. Hi, Carly, Perianne, and Susan. Thank you for having me. It's good to kind of be reunited with you guys again. And I uh, really appreciate being asked to be your first guest on the podcast. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, so, yes, I've had uh, an interesting journey. I think like most of you, you know, um, started careers on the agency side. And after about 15 years uh, working at full service agencies, went over to Accenture Media Management. And I think working at Accenture before, before it was cool to go work at Accenture, people looked at me like I was a little bit crazy. Um, and I really thought that I was at the time, but it was a great experience having spent, you know, nearly seven years there. And then I went back into the agency world um, and worked at Mediacom for about two years as the chief client officer. And now I've just been taking some time off and kind of uh, enjoying the summer and now going into fall. So thanks again for having me. And thank you for joining us because you really have a wealth of knowledge to share having had that journey from agency to consulting and then taking that consulting experience back to the agency side that you know this is why we asked you in particular to talk about this this the talent issue because you're seeing it you're seeing it from from both sides um, so what we're going to do is we're going to ask you a bunch of questions and then chat with you and uh, about this topic and we know there's so much to talk about so i'll get started so as you know, a consultant, we worked with lots of medium-sized, large agencies in the big holding companies and independent. And so we've seen a lot and we've seen some great leaders, some great talent, but we've also seen a lot of delays that are due to either conflicting priorities or turnover or long vacancies. So what what I'd like to know is what do you see, you know, these are obviously some big problems, but what do you see as the biggest problems agencies are facing with talent right now? So I think the number one thing that I would say is that there is, and there's so many reasons behind it, which I think we need to unpack because it's not as simple as there is a shortage of talent. But I think like anything, before we start to kind of really focus on the people or the talent, whether it is the lack of talent or the lack of experience, I think, you know, I always look at everything, you know, from a, and I know you guys do too, is the people process technology. So you can't really just only focus on the people problem if we aren't also focusing on what's the process and the technology problem or solutions that need to be in place before we really start to go to that people problem, you know, there was always an issue with the talent or leadership or, you know, whatever it is. 
And it's it always comes down to what's the system, you know, what's that foundation that is supporting those people? Is that right? You know, do are there processes in place? Are we holding people accountable? Those are all systematic things that exist within an organization that allow the people to be successful. So if you give them all of those things, you know, and then they are not successful, that's when you start to understand better, you know, what's the um, the issue with with the leadership in place. So I think in you know from my assessment, it's not just a one one dimensional story here. I think before we really look at talent or the people shortage problem, we really need to understand some of those other pillars uh, of process technology or if there's a fourth one. So Bob Knight's Perianne, if we if we took those pillars and said, you know, in our experience when we work together, right? But we had a front row seat into this, you know, and, you know, we believe that everyone has a part in improving it if the ecosystem is going to be lifted up. If just one part of the ecosystem, you know, improved itself, um, that's not going to work or it's not sustainable. So when you think about it, if everybody's got a piece in making talent better, um, having talent enabled to work better. Um, you know, what, what What do the marketing clients, what are the media clients really owe to that? What are the agencies owe to that? What, what can they throw into that? And then there's the people, the individuals themselves. You know, sometimes we think about these things as like big corporate entities or, but it it's all made up of people. So right. like on an individual basis, you know, what can they do? I'd love to hear you talk about how you know, each of those um, parts of the ecosystem, you know, contribute to success? Yeah. So I think um, that's a great question because it isn't just one, you know, person or one, you know, kind of industry's uh, responsibility uh, on on any, you know, a, a topic like talent. So I, I do think it does and should start with clients and marketers and media or what media marketing and even now procurement clients that have a big hand in, in this kind of ecosystem. And that is really, you know, first, just be very clear internally as a marketing organization, what type of marketing organization do you want to be? What are the competencies of the people that you have? And how are you planning on building that out for yourself in the next three to five, and you know, and even longer term? And being very clear about what it is that you as a marketing entity will do on the brand side, but also what is it, what type of help and support do you need from external partners and be very clear and specific about the role of each of those agencies. I think today one of the biggest challenges that both clients and agencies face is the, you know, the the contracts or the agreements are just so broad and nebulous that, you know, anything and everything related to media is the agency, even if it's not necessarily part of the initial pitch process. So it just becomes a catch-all for everything. So I think there is a lot to be said for having very clearly defined, not just the scope of work, absolutely, but what is the role of the agency? Do you need them to plan um, kind of across all channels? Of course, that's, you know, planning should be for, you know, looking at everything that an agency, you know, should be able to do. But, but again, being very clear about what that role of the agency is 
what you're actually, what's that void internally in your marketing organization that you're asking that agency to fill and then sticking with that. And if that changes over time, that's absolutely okay. But again, having that communication, you know, with the agency leadership moving forward. So, and then also, you know, I, and I mentioned this in a post that I had done is ageism ageism was a big topic, you know, about a month or so ago, and it ha- it always has been, right, since we've been in, started in the agency business, is ageism actually is a client problem. And I think they are actually helping to contribute to that, not because they don't value experience, but they're not willing to pay for that experience. And I think, you know, clients who say, well, I want um, strong senior agency leadership, but wow, that's really, you know, okay, well, why do I need more than 20% of, you know, Bob's time? It's like, well, 20% of Bob's time means you have Bob, you know, one day a week. Is that enough for you? Well, no, of course not. So I think clients really have to ask and demand and expect, you know, strong leadership and experience because they're the ones who are going to get them through, you know, challenging times. Like, especially this year. I mean, people who have, I mean, none of us have really ever been through a pandemic, but a crisis that affects marketing and media strategy and spend, absolutely, that's experience that's going to get you through. So secondly, um, I think agencies also have, you know, uh, obviously a huge role in that they actually, you know, we talk about the talent problem and the shortage. How do you actually start to work with that shortage? So what are you doing from a process or technology, i.e. automation standpoint that actually decreases your reliance on having more bodies do the work, but actually putting something in place? So, you know, there's got to be some consistency in how we do things, whether it's from something as basic as billing to, you know, executing campaigns in search or social, digital, that actually has less reliance on people. So I think, you know, clients and in-housing is 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 a topic as well. And I think clients are seeing that they can actually do some of these things in-house. Um, so I think agencies have to figure out and very quickly because they're so behind on how do you better automate, you know, some of the things that, you know, you do that actually has less reliance on people so you can actually invest more in experience. You know, I'd like to jump in here before yeah. we get and get you to talk about something that I heard you say is really like super spot on um, is that do marketers hire agencies as like this catch all for anything that's related to media? Like, oh, that's a media issue. The media agency takes care of it. And it, like, oh, another one comes up, not in scope, but they get the media agency to do it. Um, you know, are you really, did you really see that when you went back? Is that like the agencies end up being a catch-all for this? I think they're what I did see. And I think probably even more so from the consulting side as well is that there aren't enough parameters, you know, in the contract or in the scopes of work that clearly define what is it that you're currently paying me to do. So if, if that's not clear, then, you know, of course, if something new comes up, a new brand, a new campaign or a new test and learn, because, um, you know, of course, they're going to go to their media agency as they should. 
But where is that kind of um, point where, you know, the client says, wow, I'm not actually currently not paying them to do this specific project. So and the agency isn't saying mm, you're actually not paying me to do this specific project or they are. And then the clients are like, yeah, but I'm paying you, you know, millions of dollars. Why can't you just do this one thing? It's just the small project on top of all of the other deadlines that, you know, they have. So I think it's just an unfair expectation to start to kind of just throw work over the wall and have the agency just say, yes, I'll do everything, even though because there was nothing clearly defined up about burnout and shortage and attrition. I mean, those are all, you know, those are all kind of consequences of not having something simple as a clearly defined scope of work and having those clear expectations and having an adult conversation at the beginning of the relationship or engagement that says, this is what you're currently paying us to do. Um, and here are the guardrails. Absolutely. And it's interesting. You said, uh, you know, clients will say something like, it's just one thing. Mm -hmm. But when there's 16 clients and is asking for just one thing, well, now it's 16 other things. And you, you, the things that you were just saying made me think about a lot of what we've been talking about in some of our other materials out there about, about relationship management in general is that assumption, too many assumptions are being made, that exception, that expectations are not clearly set. And like you said, the scope of work is where it should be set. And just constantly having conversations and, and communication is, is so important. So it really all, all of this ties together for sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're talking about talent and then we so quickly went to expectations and clarity in something as simple as a scope of work or, or just kind of relationship management. Those have nothing to do with the people. Those are all process related things. That's all operations of an agency. So, you know, do you have those before and you, then you actually know how many people, you know, do you need? What's the talent? What are the talent requirements? So, um, so Perry, and just going to kind of finish out your question um, of what does you know, every system owe? I think the last one you had mentioned was really people. I think the people themselves, absolutely. I think, um, you know, everyone is responsible and accountable for their own career. And if you are a, you know, junior, mid-level or even senior level person, who is paying attention to what's happening in the industry, you know, not just within the agency industry, but in marketing as a whole, I think you're seeing, you know, there's a kind of a bit of a contradiction of being a specialist or a generalist. And I think some of the tide is turning that you need to be a specialist, but when you start to grow up, meaning become more of a mid to senior level person in the business, that specialist, you know, kind of got you there. But then you have to really start to be curious and learn things that are outside of your one area. So, you know, I, the idea of, you know, being a media kind of across that is you have to know how to do more than one or two things and understand, you know, the industry across the aisle, so to speak, um, if you want longevity in this business. Thanks, Bob. Now, who's, who's up next for a question? It's me, um, Susan. Thank you. Um, so one of the things, you know, we've been talking about is, you know, the ecosystem is. So there, one of the things where 
um, agencies are out there fighting for the same talent. So they're fighting with tech companies and, and platforms and things like that. What do agencies need to do to attract and retain the best talent? So you're absolutely right, Susan. I think that's a great point. You know, everyone is competing for the same pool of talent. So rather than actually trying to grow that pool. So, but I think in terms of if we stay within the existing pool of talent and what what agencies need to do to attract, I mean, let's think about why people are going to client side or in-house. Um, you know, why are people going to the Amazon, the Googles and the Facebooks of the world? You know, those are, you know, where you actually learn, you know, th those are becoming breeding grounds, you know, for training and learning and development that agencies used to be. You know, the, you know, it was, and again, it's still like that today, but less so. I think agencies, you go work at an agency and you can almost like go do anything after that because you've learned everything. So I think now with the cost pressures on agencies and clients, you're kind of getting rid of the, you know, the mid-level and there's senior level people who are directing very junior level people. And it's just not the same as it used to be. And I think the some of the key things that agencies can do to attract better talent is, again, go back to become better business operators, have the right infrastructure in place first, you know, because you can't blame the people without addressing that key fundamental issue of process and technology. Um, so you can be a destination for, you know, learning and training. Like people are going to Google because that's where you learn search. That's the place for search, you know, um, and it's okay if agencies want to be the kind of stepping stone, but I think they also want to be the destination. Um, and agencies also have to become true meritocracies. You know, there's this like consultancies have this very like competitive nature and, you know, and I think it breeds top talent because there's a upper out mentality you know and agencies don't necessarily have that i think they they need to be a little bit it, it needs to be a little bit harder to work at an agency or even get a job there because you're you're you have to bring in um talent that is strong and wants to work in a very competitive and challenging environment that's why good people you know, good good people don't want to be the smartest people in the room. Like they want to continually be challenged and be surrounded by people who are as strong, if not stronger than them. So I think um, agencies have to become that meritocracy that they're getting rewarded based on outcomes and 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 rather than just, oh, hey, you've been here a year and it's time for a raise. OK, but what do you have to show for it? What's your story? What was your contribution to the to the client, to the business, to people management? And then um, I think. I mean, we can this is a probably a bigger issue, but I don't know. I think the reward mechanism for agencies in general is is. Um, broken or it's not necessarily the right approach. So I think about, you know, agency of the year almost always starts with, well, this this agency doubled in size this past year or they had the most impressive new business wins. Are we rewarding the wrong thing of just agencies in general? That they are just the bigger, you know, the, the more you win, you get an award for that. Well, I mean, that's just like a, 
the, the agency team, but what about everybody else? And like, how are you really scaling quality and delivering outcomes for your clients? So I think that's a, that's a bigger issue. For sure. I think that's really interesting. If, if only they won awards for, um, you know, having the best systems and processes in place based on everything you're saying yeah. right now. Um, and, you know, listening to you, I really, I, our listeners can't see the three of us nodding along to mm -hmm. everything you're saying, um, you know, and it really sounds like agencies could learn quite a bit from from consulting, that, that consulting environment for sure. Sure. So I'm going to ask you the next question, um, you know, being that we have worked with many marketers at both the agency side and consulting side, we see they want it all. They want seasoned veterans, but they want to pay junior prices. They want the smartest specialists, especially for things like social search and data management. But at the same time, they expect their teams to be generalists and know enough about everything. And you started to talk about this a bit when you talked about ageism and payism. And, and you even started talking a bit about the whole generalists versus specialists. What can agencies do to manage clients' expectations in here? So I think, um, you know, what you said, clients want it all. And I think we, you know, we did certainly see that. And it's like, okay, well, sure. If you're going to pay the appropriately to have it all, then you should get it all, <laughs> you know? So I think there's a, it, you know, and we've said this so many times, you get what you pay for. So if you're not paying for, you know, the get it all feature um, or whatever, you know, the platinum kind of level, then you can't. And then the agency has to do exactly that, Carly. They have to manage those expectations. I think, um, you know, it's it's not going from, yes, we can do that and then we'll figure it out and, and we'll after the pitch. I think it is very much about clearly defining those expectations. And it goes back to what we were saying is what's the role of the agency? What are you asking us to do? What are the guardrails? Let's put that and have clear expectations in the scope of work. But clients, if you're if you're paying, you know, a ton of money to your agency and it's competitive and you don't feel like you're undercutting or you were, you know, you're, you're paying less than you should, that you're getting a bargain deal. But if you feel like you're paying competitive pricing or you have paid for what the agency has requested in terms of being able to service your business properly um, and, and doing it well, then they should get it all. You know, I mean, if you're paying for a Ferrari, you get a Ferrari. <laughs> so I think, um, but if if you're not, if you're, you know, paying for, I won't even mention car names, um, but if, if you're not, then, you know, the agency really has to clarify that, you know, you're not really paying us for what you're expecting. I guess agencies aren't very good at saying no. No. Uh, I, right. Uh, it kind of comes, comes down to that. You know, um, I find it so interesting that you went back to the agency world. You know, Thomas Wolf said, right, you can't get home, go home again. But I think in the ad business, you can. Um, I'd be interested in really hearing you talk about, like, what are the one or two things that, like, really surprised you when you went back? Um, and, you know, after being in consulting, and you know, working with agencies and marketers, you know, on a daily basis. But you, you, it's not the same as being there, right? Um, so when you got there and we're we're there for a while, what was like? Wow, I'm surprised. Mm. So, actually, I 
I think the surprise was more in that a lot of things hadn't changed dramatically. So I think that was probably more of just, um, you know, there's some greater level of sophistication in how I think the programs or the platforms and the tools that agencies use, which is really good and necessary. But I think for the most part, um, you know, things were fairly pretty much the same. And, you know, it, and I will say agencies have a culture like no other. You know, we talk about, you know, the agency culture and certainly the consulting culture was much more um, serious and, you know, felt like a little bit more um, grown up <laughs> and, you know, where you were there and you, you know, we just, you got your work done and you build your hours and then you were done. Um, whereas the agency, you know, <clears throat> was and continues to feel like you're kind of friends and family away from home. And it helps you build, you know, kind of foster and nurture relationships like no other place, um, you know, that cannot compete. So I think in terms of culture and just I, I, I love seeing just kind of a group of people huddling in a room and, and trying to solve a problem or, you know, on a conference call or just hanging out in the hallway and 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 getting to know and meet so many people. So I think I think there's so much good about agency and exactly why you go into the agency business. But I think there are certainly some improvements that can be made from more of a, um, you know, from from other aspects. What one thing that we know is very top of mind right now is really diversity. So do you think that agencies are moving quickly enough to balance the scales? So I can't. I feel like uh, agencies and other industries are also pretty behind. So I don't know if they're moving quickly enough. Um, I can't speak to all of the agencies and the speed of which they're working. Um, I know they're all trying to make an effort, right? I, I think everyone's trying to make an effort. And I think also, you know, my my thinking is that we focus rightly so on diversity of what looks like, you know, uh, you know, race, age, gender, you know, sexual orientation. But I think we also need to, if we kind of broaden it to like, hey, I really want, truly want different perspectives on my business, that it's more of a diversity of thought that comes from absolutely your upbringing and your, you know, different socioeconomic status and where you've lived in the world or in the country, you know, have very different, you know, thinking. I remember I worked, um, I think it was like a, I was a supervisor, media supervisor, and I, you know, naively, you know, said out loud in a meeting, like, oh, yeah, the average commute's like an hour. Well, because I had only lived in New York, <laughs> you know, and uh, I remember my, you know, my boss in the room was like, actually, Bhavna, the average commute is at that time, 22 minutes. And, you know, sure, I, you know, that's uh, information that can be found, but you, you actually, when you start to live in different places or have different experiences, different jobs, different industries, different companies, like we need more people like that, you know, kind of entering the pool of talent that's kind of being um, kind of mixed up between and traded between marketers and agencies. Um, okay, I have another question prepared for you. So. You started off talking about this. You brought it up a couple more times that there's this trifecta of people, technology, and process. So my question is, if you had the attention of every CEO of every North American agency, what would your number one piece of advice be for them about elevating this trifecta? 
Well, one I think is, and I think they all know this, um, but maybe it's just over indexing on one of out of, but not giving enough attention to all three. You know, um, I think my plea for the agency executives is to start to play the long game and not only focus on short term. Everybody has, you know, uh, bosses, everybody has shareholders, um, understood. However, if we want this industry or the agencies to continue to be viable and necessary, um, you know, we have to start treating it as such and saying, what does this industry need? What do we need as an industry need to do, not just to get through the next year or two, what's the short term in terms of consumer behavior and, and, and technology, you know, media technology that consumers will adopt, but what do we as a business need to keep up? So again, people, sure, process, technology. And really starting to make doubling down those investments because, you know, those should be in place already. So automation is obviously a big one because, you know, clients aren't going to continue to pay for the same number of FTEs or double the amount of people that you actually need because it's just not financially viable for them. So, you know, having that in place is critical. And then having the processes in place and just being, you know, kind of, I think it's recognizing that the trifecta exists. I think the other thing is just, you know, really rethink about how, you know, agencies are recognized as number one in the industry or number two. I think, you know, I, I, I've just started to think, you know, even from, you know, kind of starting consulting is, so just the sheer volume of money that you place puts you as a number one ranking agency. Well, I mean, if I was a client, like that's good. And we've guided our clients to say it's, you know, it's not just about being number one, but what's the talent look like and what, what are the outcomes that the agency has been able to deliver. But I would start to place less importance, if any, if any importance on how am I, you know, being number one based on a dollar volume of client spend which is essentially mostly pass through, but rather, you know, how am I effectively and efficiently scaling the quality of the work and, you know, helping those clients deliver outcomes, their business growth, their revenue growth, and being a destination for people to want to come work for, you know, my agency. So am I turning people away or am I just, kind of constantly just begging people to come apply. You know, I think the agencies that are going to be successful are the ones that become the destination, um, like the Googles and the Facebooks of the world, rather than just this kind of um, pit stop from college onto and just get some experience. And um, so I would say that's kind of what I would say to them. Wow. I think that's great advice. You know, we've talked about so many different things today. Is there anything else you think that um, you want people to know that we have uh, not covered regarding talent and, you know, this trifecta of people, technology and process? I think the only thing I would say is that, you know, everyone is and I want and I said this from the client standpoint and I've said this from the agency standpoint, everyone in this industry comes into marketing and advertising media because it's fun, 
it should be fun. It's something that is interesting work, should be interesting, creative, um, art, science, all of that. And everyone who works really cares about what they do. And everybody actually wants to deliver a really great work for the clients. I've seen that personally, and I know clients are also just trying you know, kind of do the best for what's, you know, what they need to do. So I don't think this industry is lacking for lack of talent that cares about what they're doing. I think it's just some of these other things that enable them to be more successful, which are foundational solutions that are, you know, relatively easy fixes. They just need to be done and put in place and, and you know, and and re and repeat. So, I think uh, I think the people are people are fantastic. This is a great industry, and we should want more people to kind of want to work in it. You know what? That's so interesting. We were saying, um, on, I think at our last podcast that we were talking about something, and we said, you know, nobody goes to work wanting to be, you know, not value added. Everybody goes in with the expectation that they want to do a good job, want to contribute to the success, success of their agency, their client, whatever. Um, so I, I think it's just a great con, uh, discussion for us to continue to have that, um, you know, really trying to optimize talent, for lack of a better word, to really try to do that. Because that, that's the goal that everybody wants. Everybody wants to do a good job and be successful. No, of so. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Bhavna. That was such a great discussion and a topic that I know that is so important for everyone. So thanks to everyone for listening, and we look forward to more guests over the next few episodes. Great. Thanks, everyone. I appreciate um, being asked, and this was fun. I'll come back if you want me to. Anytime. <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you.